Yaakov Avinu was really the, the patriarch that had the 12 Shabbatim and eventually the Bnei Israel. He was, he was pursued by Lavan and he was about Shalom, to, to kill him. But Hashem didn't let. But they did go to Mitzrayim, the Bnei Israel. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved them. With strong hand, he brought the ten plagues. He split the sea for them. It's so many miracles. And now he's here. And the farmer says, okay, I'm, I'm grateful to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that you gave me this fruits and this abundance of my crop. I'm bringing all this now. So the idea over here is the Hakaratatov, obviously. The person, the farmer, is acknowledging that Kadosh Baruch Hu is the supreme master. He's the one that gave him everything that he has. Now, by making this declaration of gratefulness, the Midrash says that Bat Kol Yotzet, a voice from heaven, comes out and says that the Hirasun may it be the will of the Almighty God that next year also you'll be bringing this. What a beracha. What a beautiful blessing. A blessing that he'll be zochet to bring again fruits next year. Now, the question that I have is the following. Usually when they have passages in the Torah, one next to the other, with this, what we call dorshim smuchim, they always expound about the significance of the fact that these two passages are next to each other. Must be a reason. Now, the Bikurim is followed in, 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 in the Parashat Kitavu by the Kelalot, by the curses. If God forbid the Bnei said do not follow the uh, precepts of Akadosh Baruch Hu, and there's a whole slew of horrible uh, 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 curses that are described in the parasha. That's one thing. The other thing is the parasha of Bikurim is preceded by the parasha of Amalek. Because last week, the parasha Kitet said at the end speaks about Amalek. So we have here Bikurim in between the parasha of Amalek and the parasha of Kelalot. What is the significance of the fact that Bikurim is next to these two parashiyot? The Rambam Alava Shalom describes and he, he tells us why Hashem created the people over here. He says, Hashem doesn't need us. Hashem created the entire universe. Millions and millions of stars and planets. Hashem's all-powerful. He doesn't need us. We need Him. He's the one that created us, that formed us, that sustains us. We need Him. He doesn't need us. So what's the idea behind creating the human being? The Rambam says, because Hashem wants to see the people below, that they acknowledge him as, as the, the king of kings. We should be grateful to him at all times. We owe so much. Even the air we breathe, we, we owe him. 
have to eat, have to go to work. To be able to learn Torah, you need some kind of help too. Go to the shul. Be uh, uh, interested and involved in, in Gemilut Hesed. You need, you need health. Hashem gives us that health. We need Him. But Hashem wants us to show that we are grateful for all He gives us. Now let me, let me go back to Parashat Bereshit for a minute and then I'll explain uh, the, the significance of the proximity of uh, uh, Bikurim with the Kilalot. In Parashat Bereshit, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man, Adam Arishon. And he put him in Gan Eden. He had everything he wanted. Anything. It was beautiful over there. The Malach covering him. There was nothing that he lacked. But Hashem told him one thing. Don't eat from the tree. It's a dad. The tree of knowledge. Don't touch that. That's it. But he did. When he did, Hashem came over to him and asked him, Hamina etz, asher siviticha lebilti achol mimenu achalta? Did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? Now, I would expect Adam Arishon to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yes, I did. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I should be, I'm very grateful to you. You gave me such ganedans. You gave me so many things over here. But I made a mistake. Forgive me. But that is not what he said. He was ungrateful. What did he say? He said like this, The woman that you gave me, you, you gave me Hashem, she gave me from that tree and I ate. In other words, saying, hey, that's really not my fault. <laughs> he's a kfuy tova, he's an ungrateful person. Admit your sin and you'll be finished. No, because he was ungrateful. Hashem cursed him. Arura ha'adama ba'aburecha. The earth is going to be cursed because of you. Bezeat ha'pecha tochalahem. He's going to have to sweat now in order to be able to, to make it, to get his food. So, what do we see from here? We see if a person is ungrateful, there's a curse. With the Bikurim, the opposite. A person who is grateful, then he gets a Beracha. We, like we said before, the Batkol comes and says, Yerason, you're blessed. That next week you also be Zochet to bring this. So, gratefulness brings a blessing. Ungratefulness brings a Kelala. And this is why we have the Kelalot right next to the Bikurim. In order to tell us, if you are grateful like this person who brings the Bikurim, then you don't have to worry about the Kelalot. Don't worry about it. All these Kelalot, they're horrible Kelalot. You don't have to worry about them. You get the blessing instead. On the other hand, if you don't show Hakarat Atov, then it's unfortunate that you'll be a Kadam Arishon. That's the reason for the passages to be next to each other. 
What about Amalek? Why do we have Parashat Amalek right next to the Bikurim? Well, it's, it's, it's about the same thing. Let's see what happened with Amalek. We want to know the story of Amalek really is described to us in Parashat Bishallah. At the end of the parasha over there, it says, Vayabu Amalek, Amalek came, and Vayilahemim Israel, and he came, he fought with Israel. But what happened just prior to that? What happened? Why did Amalek come? Look at Rashi, who brings the Midrash. Rashi says like this, you know what? The Bnei Israel, just before that, they needed water. And they were complaining, we need water, we want water. Okay, I can understand that. That's a legitimate complaint. When you're in this desert, obviously you need water. Fine. But that isn't all. Just before Vayabo Amalek, it says over there that the Bnei Israel actually were doubting if Hashem is here or not. Hayesh Elohim bekirbenu im ayin. Is there Hashem here or not? What? These are the people that a few months before they witnessed the Yasser Makot, the ten plagues, they witnessed the splitting of the sea, the man that was coming down. So many miracles, so many more, the bear. And the doubting? Hayesh Elohim im ayin? Ungrateful? Then that was the reason why Amalek came to fight them. He's showing ungratefulness. Then Hashem is going to do something bad about it too. It turned out that Hashem helped them and they fought Amalek and they did, uh, uh, they did win the battle with Amalek, but it would not have happened in the first place had they not been so ungrateful. The parasha of Bikurim teaches us that we should be always grateful. That's the connection between the two parashiot. Abutai, we get up every day, we say Barachot HaShahar. What do we say Barachot HaShahar? Baruch HaTashem, Elokim Mechaonam, Pokiyah Ivrim. Hashem, you're giving us the eyesight. You're opening our eyes now. All night long. People are sleeping. Eyes are closed. You don't see anything. But now, Hashem is giving us the power of eyesight again. Why are we saying this? Most people, they just rattle it off, blah, 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 and so on. That's not it. You have to understand this. You have to be grateful to Hashem that He, he gave you that ability. To open your eyes. Matira Surim. The person at night is like a, a prisoner. He's, he's, he's confined to one bed for six, seven hours. All of a sudden now, he can move around. Bless you, Hashem, that you gave us that ability. We're grateful to you for that. You're giving a person that was... Uh, that was tired, fatigued, you're rejuvenating him, giving more a new vigor now in the morning, and so on and so forth. We have to recite this really with the kavanah, with the intent that we are 
showing Hakarata to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, there was a little story that I heard once about um, the Chafetz Chaim Alav Shalom. Was one of his Talmidim was sick. And he had a sickness that was diagnosed uh, by a very, an expert doctor that needed a quick operation. If he did not operate, he would not survive more than three weeks. If he did operate, he would survive maybe another six months, but he would have a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. That was, that was a choice that he had, and the family didn't know what to do. Is it worth it to have an operation, suffer for six months, and then die? Or perhaps he should die in three weeks, and that's the end of that. Then he doesn't suffer. You know what to do. Well, the doctor told him, listen, it's your choice. So they said, let's go. We're going to go and ask Rav Moshe Feinstein, Allah Shalom. We'll see what, what his, uh, uh, his opinion will be in this case. The doctor, uh, he, was, uh, he was stunned. Oh, uh, does this rabbi know anything about medicine? No, he's a rabbi. He has the Torah. He said, okay, man, I'll go with you. I was interested to see what was going to happen. They go to Rav Moshe, and as soon as they tell him the Talmud, you know, is sick with almost a, a fatal sickness, immediately Rav Moshe started to cry. Couldn't even control himself. He was sobbing like a child. It was his Talmud. And the doctor immediately felt this is a great man. So they told him about the whole story. And he said to them the following. He said, you know what? Go through the operation by the way. He said, after the operation, he's going to be able to say amen to Berachot, to the Kaddishim. And anyone that says amen, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewards him. And that reward could be more health and less pain. That was the answer he gave them. Yes, he went through the operation. The suffering was not as, as great. And he lived much more than the six months that the, uh, the doctor gave him. Doctors aren't always exactly precise. We've seen cases, the same people, the same kind of cancer, one lives and one doesn't. The Rofe is HaKadosh Baruch He's the one that decides. So, El Melech Ne'eman. Amen is El Melech Ne'eman. That HaKadosh Baruch is a king, a God, king, Ne'eman, that is trustworthy, that is faithful. Ne'eman Latet Sakhar. We trust him. He'll trust him that he give us our reward. He'll trust him that he give us our sustenance. Once we show this kind of gratefulness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Amen, just Amen, that is already a great deal. 
But now we're still talking about the Bikurim. Uh, I, I, I would like to just mention how the Bikurim, the first fruits, were taken to Rebet HaMikdash. Now, imagine we're talking about a couple thousand years ago when people had their own farms. Or what if a person had a, a house? In his backyard, he had one fig tree. That's all. One fig tree. And the first fruit come out. Maybe two, maybe three. Now, this man with two or three, he's going to go to Yerushalayim to give it to the coin. He puts it in a basket, right? Well, how did he, how did he go? There were, obviously, there were uh, many, many other farmers that had baskets that were full of fruits. Well, these fruits had to be from the seven types uh, that Eris Israel was praised by, like the chita, uh, wheat, barley, you know, and, and uh, grapes, uh, figs, pomegranate, uh, and we have the, uh, the, the olives and the dates. Okay? So they bring these things. How did they go through this bringing to the Beit HaMikdash? And the, the Rambam explains that. In Halachot Bikurim, he says, all the villages in one Ma'amad, Israel at the time was divided into 24 Ma'amadot, 24 sections. So all these villages in one Ma'amad, they get together and they gather uh, at the place where you have the, uh, you know, the Rosh Ma'amad, the head of the Ma'amad. So that they wouldn't go by themselves. He said, They wanted to have many people in one, at one time. The more, the more glorious is Hashem. And then, as they were going, they would not go in a, into a hotel or being put up in a, some homes as they were going. They were walking, actually, with, with the, a carriage, with the ox uh, uh, pulling a carriage with the fruits and so on. And they wouldn't go into homes. Why? Because the home could be could have tum'ah in it, could have some kind of impurity, what we call tum'at ohel. Inside the home, if there is tum'ah in there, then there's tum'at ohel, meaning that the entire home is tameh, and whoever goes in there, he can become tameh himself. So, they want this, they pitch their tents in the middle of the street. And then, in the morning, when they get up, Kumu Sion, let's go, let's all go. We go to Sion, Hashem Elokeinu, Yerushalayim, the Beit Hamikdash, and Ashor Holech Lifneim. The ox goes in front of them, and Vikarnav Mitzupim Zahab, Vaatarashel Zayit. The horns of the ox, they had gold around them. And they also had a crown made from olive oil, olive uh, leaves. And the Halil Makilif Nehem. Oh, there was music. The whole, all along, there was music going on. There's an orchestra playing. You know, like when we take out the Sefer Torah, we go from one house 
to the shul, and we had this beautiful truck with music and hazanim and people dancing. Imagine, that's what was going on with the Bikurim. And it was not just one or two or three people. Sometimes it was 50, sometimes it could be 200, depending on how many people were bringing the Bikurim. Dancing, singing, playing music. And they were saying, they were singing, Samahti bi'omrim li, bitashem nelech. We're so happy now. We're going to the house of Akash Baruch And each day they didn't go too far. Only a little bit. Only a little bit per day. This really was taking quite a bit. A lot of hoopla. A lot of pump that was going on. And as they were passing by, let's see some town or village or whatever, all the owners of the stores around Stop. Stop everything. They greet them. Yeah, they greet them. They greet the people. And when they get right near Yerushalayim, they send uh, uh, agents, shluhim, messengers, telling, telling them, okay, you know, we're coming. People that run quick. Then the Beit um, HaMikdash from there, they also sent people to greet them. And not just anybody, but they sent important people. Seganim, Pahot, Gizbarim, the treasurers, the uh, 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 important officers over there, they come to them. And then, as they all come into the gates of Yerushalayim, then they start reading, Omdot Hayur Aglenu Bish'araich Yerushalayim. We're standing here yeah, at the gates of Yerushalayim. And then they all will take their basket on their shoulder and they would go and give it to the Kohen. They all do that. If a person happens to be a multimillionaire, he's not going to take that basket that he has and give it to his servants. You know what? You'll be my shaliyah. You'll be my agent. Go ahead and Take it over. Can't do that. I can make a shaliyah for mezuzah, right? Let somebody else make a mezuzah. Okay, he'll put it up for me. That's fine. Shaliyah shluho shaladam kemoto. In many cases, an agent of a person is considered as if the person did it himself. But not here. Not in this case. In Bikurim, he has to do it himself. Even King Agrippa, even the king, when he was bringing his Bikurim, he had to put that, that basket on his shoulder himself and go in. Now, what's all this idea? What's this, this pump, this hoopla, this tumult, all this going on? Uh, we don't do that when we put on uh, tefillin and there is a mezvah too. We build a sukkah. We don't have all this. We don't do this, this kind of... Uh, uh, noise and music and all that. But with the Bikurim, they did. There's a number of things. First of all, as we said, Bikurim signifies Hakaratatov. Gratefulness to Hakarashwarhu. That's extremely important. Secondly, it shows that a person is sort of acknowledging that the fact that he has these fruits, it's not because of his 
on labor only. It's not It is not, I mean, yes, he does work. He's got back-breaking work from morning to night. You know, working on the soil is very hard. Tough work. But when the fruits come out, a person could say, oh, you see, oh, oh my labor did come. Hey, it, had, it brought you some fruits. Now, oh, look at me. I'm a skilled person. I know what I'm doing. No. The fruits go to Hashem. Everything that I have over here is not my labor only, not my skill only, not my expertise. It's also because Hashem is gracious enough and he, he, he favors me to some extent to give me this, this, this abundant crop. That's one thing. And secondly, it teaches us also the midah of anava, modesty, humility. As we said before, even the king had to subjugate himself, put that basket over his shoulder and come over and show his gratitude and give it to the Kohen. All these things are, 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 are uh, typified by the idea of bringing the Bikurim to the Beit HaMikdash. It was really something that was beautiful and, and we hope that Kadosh Baruch Hu will bring us our Mashiach and he'll build our Beit Mikdashenu and we'll be able to bring the Bikurim. Also, with the kind of music, beautiful celebration that he used to have. Rabbutai, before I, I, I quit, I just want to, uh, uh, again, uh, encourage you and, uh, that now that we have Elul, Elul is Chodesh HaRachamim, now we have to give tzedakah, a lot of tzedakot. The more, the better. Tzedakah is one of the three things that annul a gezerah, a bad gezerah. Ma'abirinit ruah gezerah. And this is one good cause. This station, and try to help as much as you can. And if you need any simha, if you have a simha coming, please look us up at SLC. We have a beautiful social hall. We'll be very happy to accommodate you. Shalom Aleichem, Shavuatov.